Hi, and welcome to episode uh, 49 of Walk to Work. Uh, back to black and white styles in conflict uh, for a few episodes. So, um, where we were last at was looking at classroom participation, uh, particularly classroom participation in uh, discussion, um, and how uh, blacks and whites view um, generally uh, the the Tom Kaufman, the author, was viewing um, blacks and whites as um, having differing expectations of each other when participating in discussion uh, in general in any kind of sort of conflict resolution uh, and saw it play out time and time again in his classrooms and he's explaining uh, some of the reasons why. So last time we were covering uh, modes of behavior so we were covering uh, the difference between argument and discussion and how both blacks and whites see the difference between um, an argument where uh, you're basically venting, you're angry, you have a position, you're sticking to it, so you're intransigent. Um, and a discussion, um, uh, a time to come together and uh, evaluate uh, ideas um, and generate new ideas and talk things through. And the trouble is that black uh, argument and discussion look uh, very similar from a white point of view. So whites are not able to distinguish uh, between the two. Um, and we had two aspects to that. One was the presence of um, effect. Uh, so with an A, I was just listening to myself, it sounds like I'm saying effect. Uh, affect, so um, uh, emotion. Uh, and the other, uh, dynamic opposition, confrontation. Um, and from a white perspective, both of these uh, are signals of intransigence. If you're getting emotional about the thing, you don't actually want to change your mind. Um, if you're getting confrontational about the thing, you're going to stand on your side uh, in your camp and not change your mind. Um, and so black uh, discussion, which contains affect uh, and dynamic uh, opposition, is considered dysfunctional by whites because reason and emotion are believed to operate against each other and because uh, opposition is believed to lead to intransigence. And so these are white assumptions that don't hold uh, in a black context. Um, and then so two additional... Um, uh, aspects of um, modes of behavior are uh, struggle and relation to material. Um, so struggle, uh, struggle is kind of struggle uh, against uh, each other, people uh, interacting as uh, opponents. So whites see seek to minimize struggle because it leads to intransigence. It's undesirable, it's divisive, uh, it's an outsider to uh, the discussion process. Blacks, uh, on the other hand, see struggle as something that's unifying and coming kind of within, it's part and parcel uh, of the discussion process. It indicates caring enough about the topic to actually want to struggle for it. Uh, and blacks see intransigence not uh, as something that is not struggle, 
uh, but it's a refusal to contend. So if you're willing to struggle without being intransigent, then you're participating. Um, if you're only willing to struggle insofar as you are being intransigent, then you're not participating uh, properly. Uh, and the same thing goes with uh, affect. Uh, from a black perspective, if you don't have affect, then uh, you're um, uh, intransigence, intransigent. Um, so uh, that's for, that's what's uh, kind of a struggle. And then relation to material, um, that's an additional element of struggle is that you present, from a black perspective, you should present your views as an advocate uh, for that view. And being neutral is going to be looked upon uh, with disdain. And this is characteristic of uh, oral culture. You don't come to a discussion with uh, things that you don't think are worth fighting for. Uh, and you don't... Um, whereas uh, whites present ideas like a spokesman for the idea, a spokesperson for the idea. The idea can stand for itself. Um, and how deeply someone cares about this idea is actually considered irrelevant. And this separation of truth uh, and belief and truth and willing to fight for it uh, is related to scientific method. Because in scientific method, sort of, if we care too much for our hypotheses, we're going to introduce bias, uh, and that's going to make us less receptive to them actually being untrue. Um, and I think that's the thing. It's like uh, this is sort of talking as me and not as Tom Cockman uh, here is. Um, the, the, this will come up again uh, later that I think that it's the, the, the belief uh, that um, um, caring uh, for uh, our thing will lead us to become biased um, is true for white people, but is true um, uh, as, uh, as its own form of confirmation bias in that culturally we believe it to be true, therefore it is true. Uh, much like culturally we believe uh, that uh, alcohol and being drunk will lead us to behave a certain way and that's why we behave uh, in that way. Um, and so I do see that for white people if you're not, if you grew up in white culture um, and you care about your idea too much, uh, you're not a good, you don't tend to be a good discussion participant. Um, but and here in speculating, presumably if you grew up in black culture, uh, you're, or in oral culture in general, you're much more able to separate um, your caring about the subject from your ability to be blinded and not um, uh, change your viewpoint when confronted with good evidence. So, um, these different beliefs um, about how one should behave in discussion uh, what the modes of behavior are for a good discussion um, and what even the the, um, the desirable process uh, of a good discussion is um, lead to different roles and responsibilities uh, or beliefs about them uh, from uh, black and white people. So what does being a good discussion participant look like? For black people it looks like having uh, a point of view 
Um, and if you don't have this point of view, then you're either lying about having a point of view or you don't care. And both of these don't work because, well, if you're lying, you're not being an honest participant. Um, and if you're uncaring, well, same thing. Uh, you, you, you're going to be uh, insincere because you don't actually care about this thing you're discussing about. Um, this is compounded by uh, black people having a, a term uh, they call fronting, which is uh, when they're in a uh, risky situation, um, they're going to suppress what they truly feel or believe. So if, uh, if they're talking to, uh, uh, if they're in the middle of a bunch of white people uh, and they perceive that they can't actually say, oh, I think what you just said is racist, then maybe they won't say it. And this is not a general unwillingness to share things that might offend people or grieve people or um, make other people feel bad. It's, uh, I think, uh, just a, a self-preservation that you don't say things that are risky in a situation that's risky. So in classrooms, uh, they see white people not participating or they see white people uh, not um, having a point of view, claiming that they don't have a point of view, that they don't have a stake in this. And they're like, well, you must be lying, but it doesn't make sense because why would you do, be doing this thing that looks like fronting? Um, there, there is no risk to you uh, in this situation. Uh, and I think this might be a thing of privilege, uh, like we, we evaluate risk uh, differently. Um, like the, the risk of saying something uh, racist or offensive to a white person in a class with uh, black and white people uh, might seem quite huge for a white person but might not actually be considered uh, that huge for, for a black person. Well, well I think we get into that later unless I've talked about it before I can't remember getting a bit muddled in my head. Um, so yeah uh, whoops Losing my notes here, yes. Um, so if there's no risk factor, why are white people fronting? Uh, like maybe if they're a minority, if they're in a class of black people and the white people are in the minority, maybe there's a reason. But otherwise it means either they're being intransigent, which means they've already made up their mind and they don't plan on engaging in this struggle process. Um, in which case they're not going to be good participants because people are expected to uh, engage in argument so that uh, the proposition being discussed can be uh, evaluated and can be validated. Um, and this leads uh, to the, this typical uh, situation. Um, black people will then ask like, why only the blacks talking? Why are you not talking? Uh, and asking them uh, to, to talk. Uh, and then when they still further refuse to participate, uh, black people will start deliberately uh, saying um, uh, things to rile, to, to rile the whites up, to goad them uh, into participating. Um, one uh, student, Thomas, uh, 
uh, quotes uh, as um, um, claiming that uh, the issue was that white men had no sexual prowess and that's why they weren't participating. Uh, which she felt that it wasn't something she necessarily believed, but just like they were talking and um, everybody needs to engage uh, in struggle, in discussion uh, from a black perspective and the white people were refusing to do so. So like, what's the, what's the extremes you can take this to? Uh, and white people, f when faced with this, uh, tend to be both bewildered and chagrined. Um, they are, we are accustomed to be able to not participate uh, in class and uh, they resent even being asked or demanded uh, to participate because they feel it's their fundamental right in class to, to not participate. And blacks disagree that you have this right uh, in a discussion um, to remain neutral. Um, Everybody has to engage in uh, the process of validating ideas because otherwise uh, you're, you're subverting that process, uh, you're cheating because the, idea won't, uh, the ideas won't get validated. Um, and whites further believe that their own viewpoint uh, in certain kinds of discussion is, uh, is irrelevant. Um, and it's something that's outside the boundaries of the classroom. So you can't actually ask someone, what, no, but what do you believe? Like, oh, but we're, we're discussing the ideas of Plato. Uh, let's see what Plato believes. Um, and for blacks, it's really important to know where someone is coming from, what their own personal stake in this thing is, uh, why they care, what they care, what their purpose is, what their goal is. Uh, and uh, Kaufman uh, describes that this is why he often in his lectures says where he's coming from. So he's coming from wanting to describe differences between black and whites, not so as to reinforce existing prejudices, but so that people can better understand each other. Uh, and because uh, people have been so, well, especially back in the 80s, but still now, people have spent so much time describing differences between blacks and whites in order to reinforce existing prejudices uh, and to describe blacks as somehow defective or inferior, uh, that's an important thing for him to establish credibility uh, with uh, his black students. Um, and so we have just enough time today for going into um, the next point, well, further points, I guess, uh, on um, the, the roles and responsibilities. So there's two further, there's two subparts to the roles and responsibilities. One is uh, how we fit in with the process of certifying knowledge. Uh, and the other is how we fit in with the process of turn-taking. I think I'll keep turn-taking uh, plus moving forward from turn-taking uh, for... Uh, uh, the next uh, episode or a different episode and just go with uh, certifying knowledge. So we disagree, uh, there's disagreement between blacks and whites, surprise, surprise, on the authority of an idea, where an idea's authority comes from. So for whites, woo, windy, uh, it comes from an idea being published, being certified by uh, experts. And for blacks, it comes from having um, survive the crucible of argument, as Kaufman puts it. Um, so this is probably not so much a white blacks thing as an all-cultural, not all-culture thing. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but 
Uh, for the purposes of the, of the differences between black and white style, uh, this is a black-white uh, difference. Um, and this has a direct impact uh, on uh, the roles and responsibilities of participants in a good discussion. So whites uh, debate impersonally. They don't directly address individuals uh, because they're discussing ideas. Whereas blacks engage with the person who initially advanced any given thesis. Uh, and because debate is as much a contest of individuals as it is of ideas, you must, as Kaufman puts it, outthink, outtalk, and outstyle your opponent until your opponent cannot come back with anything. Uh, and during that process where two people uh, and the ideas that they're representing are um, struggling with each other, uh, there isn't really a place for third parties to intervene because it's who is winning this specific contesty skirmishy thing here. And once a winner has emerged, then third parties are welcome to add in um, their ideas. Whereas black, whites believe they can present ideas of others without being personally responsible for them and without being held, held responsible for them. Uh, they don't have to agree with the ideas and they don't even have to have a position about the ideas one way or the other. Whereas blacks consider it essential to have a position. I mean, how else can we know that you care enough about your ideas in order to struggle, in order to... Uh, yeah, and if you don't struggle, well, how do you establish the truth value of ideas? Uh, so not having a position means not caring, not caring means not struggling, not struggling means the whole discussion is pointless. Uh, and so whites will say, don't ask me, ask Plato. Like, you're asking me what I think, you're, I, I don't know, I'm presenting Plato's idea. Uh, you need to go ask Plato what he thinks, I can't tell you anymore about this. Uh, and the, 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 the point of view of, white pe of black people here is that the whites are being evasive, uh, irresponsible, uh, and they're basically allowing, setting up a situation where they feel allowed to say um, whatever they want without being held accountable for the things that they say. Uh, and this is not, uh, from the blacks' perspective, a way of engaging uh, in, in debate. So you can see there, I mean, this is slightly more, uh, going back to, to just summing up, this is slightly more a, a classroom thing, because generally, uh, even in uh, white debate, uh, or white discussion, uh, we do come with uh, our um, uh, ideas. So when it's not a classroom situation, if we're engaging in discussion, typically we have a point of view. Although that's something that's actually baffled me a little bit in the UK. Uh, lots, especially of men, will have an argument about something for the sake of having an argument. Uh, and they don't really care about the outcome of this argument, but they really enjoy the argumentative process. Uh, and I tend not to. Like, either I care really strongly about the thing, uh, and I will discuss it, uh, or I don't care really strongly about the thing, and I'll tend to not discuss it. Um, so I'm not quite sure what additional cultural nuance there is here. Um, what has surprised me, uh, and I'm not sure how I feel about this, is I, feel, I think I tend to engage in debates with a point of view, and with the intention of defending my point of view. It's very rare, well, not very rare, it's relatively rare that I will engage in a uh, debate with a willingness to have my point of view converted. Um, I'm willing to do it when I'm talking about... Eh, 
When I'm talking about future plans, uh, I guess I'm very willing. Like, what is the best thing we can do for this event? Do we should do X or Y? I'm happy to debate that. When we're wanting to discuss what we should do for class, should we do X or Y? I'm very happy with that. Same thing with engineering. Should we take solution X or Y? I'm happy to do that. Um, but often, uh, when it comes to beliefs and morals and value or ethics and values, I'm not sure which. Uh, I'm like, no, but this is this is the moral, this is the sound belief, uh, and this other belief is just wrong. Uh, and I go into discussion with that in mind. And uh, from what I'm just learning in this chapter of a black point of view, it doesn't really make much sense because. Uh, basically, I'm engaging in discussion from a position of intransigence. Uh, and if that's where you're entering, um, you can have a good fight about it, but you're not going to, you have no ability if you won over. The people you're discussing with have no ability if you won over. Um, and so I don't know, I, I would, uh, I'm really curious now is it more of a thing that black people are willing? to engage in debates without being intransigent um, and if that's so in current day especially sort of taking Facebook and stuff like that where I'm going to go in kind of all guns blazing with the things that I believe uh, and that means I'm intransigent and I assume that my opponents are doing the same quite intransigently also um, Maybe actually when they're black opponents, or the rare times they're, they're black opponents, they're actually not being uh, intransigent. They're just uh, arguing in a style that uh, is culturally appropriate to them. Yeah, not something I'd considered uh, really before. And not even something I considered possible. Like, yeah, when I'm being intransigent, when I'm, uh, I am being intransigent. Uh, and I would kind of assumed that I knew what intransigence looked like. Uh, so that's an interesting one for me to think about. I don't know if you guys have any ideas. Uh, I will see you next week. Until then, take care.